Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and today in the studio, we have another amazing guest, Dr. Ruby. How are you today, Ruby? I'm great, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here, and today we're going to talk about your book, The Plan of God for Your Marriage. And I looked into your book a little bit, and I'm pretty excited about it because I'm a newlywed. I've been married for six months now, and so I'm excited to hear what you're going to share with us today. Great. I'm glad to hear it's a blessing to you. So if I can just have you share the next five to ten minutes, just tell your, your story with us, share your testimony with our listeners today, how you met Christ, how it changed your life moving forward. Huh? I thank God for this opportunity to share my testimony. Actually, I met the Lord as a teenager. It was my first year in college, but I was born into a Christian family. I went to church every day. My family participated actively in our church. Actually, my, my dad played the organ for many years. We were taught in Bible studies and all that. And in our family, you have to go to church on Sunday. But I did all that, but I didn't have any personal relationship with the Lord until I went to college. And getting there, I was sure the environment was different. A lot of things were happening. I wanted to belong to a company I wasn't used to. But in that confusion, the Lord saved me. There was a Christian group in our school then. And they normally, once in a while, they organize something. They give students some snacks and drinks. So that day, my, you know, me and my friends were about six of us. And we decided to go, not really to listen to what they have to say, because we felt we were okay. We went to church every Sunday. What are we listening to all those people? So we went there to get some snacks, uh, because they normally serve the snacks before they start talking. So we planned this instead of going to the canteen and spending our money, we might as well get free snacks. So we went. So as they were serving the snacks, they came to my right side and the snacks finished. And then another person started serving from my left side. And then when they came to me, it finished. Oh, I was so discouraged. And after they finished serving the snacks, my friends said they were about to leave. I said, I'm not going to leave. I'm the only person that didn't get the snacks. So I was going to wait. So they even promised to buy me snacks. I refused. So I went and asked for my own snacks, and they told me they would bring it. I tell you what, they never brought it. Until the man of God started sharing the word of God. I didn't know God was planning all these things. 
to draw me to himself. As he was hearing, the Holy Spirit touched my heart. That's how I gave my life to the Lord. And I thank God it's been many years since then. It's been over 40 years and I'm still in the Lord. And I give God all the glory. So going to church and doing all those ceremonies doesn't really mean that one has a relationship. There has to be a time where you allow God to control everything about your life. And then you establish Mm -hmm. that relationship with the Lord. Then you're sure you're born again. You're sure you can talk to God and he will speak to your heart also as a child. That's what happened to me. And I'm willing to share that to others and help them experience this touch I experienced over 40 years ago and still blossoming in my heart up to today. I give God all the glory. Amen. 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 And where are you located today? I live in Louisiana. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've been in Louisiana for over 20 years. That's, that's where I live right now. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your testimony with us. And moving forward with that, so you are a doctor. How did you become a doctor? Oh, I went to medical school. <laughs> you know, it's, um, okay. In fact, the testimony I was sharing, you know, it was uh, I went to medical school in my country. In my country, we go to medical school from high school and we spent six years. Wow. So I went to medical school and... Um, so that was where I knew the Lord. And it was only after it, I told just God that helped me because I was confused as a young teenager. I think I was like 16, 17, I turned 17. So I was pretty young. I didn't really know much. Mm-hmm. But the Lord enabled me and surrounded me with friends that helped me in my Christian faith. And um, you know, from there, I got baptized by the Holy Spirit, and everything just started flowing up to today. So I give God all the glory. And then I came to United States. You see, when you come here, you still have to do it all over again. So the Lord also enabled me to do that. that I finished all my trainings and got my licensing and all that. So I ran a private practice for over 20 years here in Baton Rouge. But right now, wow. I'm now a full-time minister. See, as I was practicing my medicine, I was still doing the ministry. I was still holding, holding my television program, holding seminars. And, but uh, about a, year, a little over a year ago, uh, it came to where the Lord actually spoke to me. It's now time to focus on your ministry. And that's what I'm doing right now. I thank God for the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, because of all the achievements God had enabled me achieve in life, the greatest honor is being his servant and being used as a vessel for his kingdom. I really thank God for that opportunity. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Song and Verse Ministries celebrates the art of music, recognizing that God's influence and design can be found in the souls of all humanity. His creation, through their podcast, blog, and other endeavors, they strive to bring His Word to life through reflection, discussion, discernment, 
and the music itself. Listen to their podcast on YouTube today by searching Song Verse Ministries. Would God register to vote as a Republican or a Democrat? Stephen Connolly is willing to risk millions on the answer. This is a proactive look at how religious voters can cut through the media, spin in the mess in the American politics to identify what the creator would really think. Readers will learn why it's a myth that God only cares about abortion and homosexuality when in fact he is aligned with one party on economics, foreign policy, race relations, and more. Find your book by searching The God Bet on Amazon today. And what's it like working in the medical field as a spirit-filled Christian? Well, I thank God for the opportunity because the Lord was really working with me. I saw God do miracles. I thank God for doctors, and I thank God I'm one of them. But I also tell you there are some challenges that we don't have an answer for. And that's why we have to trust God. And God only can perform miracles. God still heals today. I have testimonies from my, 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 my patients. Sometimes they know I'm a woman of God. They know I pray all the time. I ask them whether I can pray for them. I lay hands. I thank God that I had my own practice so I can practice the way the Lord led me. I really thank God mm-hmm. for that opportunity. I laid hands on them. And in fact, there was a patient I remember. She, she had a breast lump. And I invited her to come, and I prayed. And after we prayed, I said, I'm going to refer you to a surgeon. They're going to remove this, this, uh, this lump, and you're going to be all right. He said, Dr. Beckwith, I want you to hold my hand and pray for me. I'm believing God that if you pray for me, I believe that if you pray for me, this lump will go away. I didn't even have that faith. I didn't have the faith. Mm. I just said, be it unto you according to your faith. Let's pray. And we prayed. You know, when she went to the surgeon, but I said, still go to the surgeon. I want to confirm it. When we went to the surgeon, the surgeon repeated the test, the mammogram, and the lump actually disappeared. Wow. That was the first time God opened my eyes. And so many of them happened. So I thank God for that opportunity, giving me that opportunity to combine both my medical practice and my and my spiritual power from the Lord. And that really made my practice a lot easier. You know, God can even take calls. Sometimes I'm I'm so tired because, you know, <laughs> praying for people, going for conferences, and I'll come back straight. Most of the time, if I'm call I'm on call, I pray that God will take my call. Say, God, you see, I've been I've mm. been working all day. I'm tired. You have to help me with this call. You know, God took Two calls for me. You know, we have to believe God in all our fields. God can work with lawyers. God can work with engineers. God can work with anybody that gives him the opportunity. It's not just for ministers alone that God works with. I thank God for ministers. God has given them special anointing to lead people. And I thank God. And I thank God for the privilege of being one of them. That God can use you wherever you are. That's one thing I learned Mm -hmm. through all this experience. I think that's a powerful testimony. Also, (laughs) if we call on God and we allow him to move in our lives, he will. Just got to give him the open door and he'll do it. Yes, that's that's right. 
That's right. All right. And I want to jump into your book a little bit now, The Plan of God for Your Marriage. And so I'll first ask, when did you write this book? When did you release it to the market? Um, actually, it was released this year. You know, it was released. Okay. It's just a recent book. But I had written, uh, you know, other books previously. But this particular book mm-hmm. came in the market this year. It's been a long time that God has put it in my heart to release a book. But because of my schedule, you know, I haven't been able to sit down and write a book. I thank God that last year, after I closed the clinic, you know, I started writing the book. And uh, by God's grace, the book was released this year. And I give God all the glory. And secondly, whenever I travel, because we wrote, my husband and I, we in our ministry, we had a ministry. He carried ministry. Whenever we go for uh, seminars, marriage conferences or minister in churches you know after after the program people will always come and ask me do you have a book so we can read and remind ourselves and i would say i haven't written one yet but you know now god is giving me the opportunity to write this book this is just at the beginning there are other books that's gonna that are gonna come out very soon by god's grace to help people in their marriage. Yeah. And so the the inspiration behind this book, how long have you been married? Oh, I've been married for 38 years now. 38 years. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. I've been married for 38 years. Time flies. Uh, so, mm. with you know, I also had some challenges in my own marriage at, in, uh, during our first few years. But the Lord enabled us to overcome. But how our ministry, you know, really started is when I saw how um, Satan was destroying marriages. Even the marriages of anointed men and women. These are people that have blessed me personally in my Christian work. So I don't doubt their Christianity. But I saw how Satan destroyed their marriage. My heart was broken. That's why I started crying and asking God, why? Why is this happening? Why is divorce everywhere? That's when God spoke to me personally. He said, go and tell my people that many of them will miss their crown because of the way they've treated their spouse. And I told God, how can I do this? I don't know. I don't know how to start. I, you know, that God worked it out himself. God worked it out himself. And God said, you can just go and share your testimony. How you overcame will be a blessing to other people. That's how our ministry started. And from there, you know, we started speaking in churches and groups. And and very soon they started asking me of groups. And then I wrote this book. So I believe it will be a blessing to many. It will be a blessing to many people. Because... A lot of things that happen in marriage, people don't understand. But this book will help a lot of people understand why they're having the challenges they're facing in their marriage. And I do want to ask you, what is the biblical view of marriage? Okay. This is an excellent question. Because a lot of people are having challenges today because they don't know why they're in marriage. If only people who understand what God had in mind 
when he initiated marriage, a lot of people would start enjoying their marriage more from today. But unfortunately, many don't know this. You know, many go to marriage, come into marriage with their long list of unrealistic expectations. But God himself has something in mind when he created marriage. See, marriage is supposed to bring two people together so that they will both help each other reach their destiny in the Lord. This is what Genesis 2.18 tells us. It says it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help. And before God said this, he has created a lot of things. And he said those things were good, but he didn't want man to be alone. That's why he created marriage and made a woman. See, this marriage, people should understand that marriage is a heavenly assignment. It's not assignment given to you by your family or people around you. It's assignment from our heavenly father. And if only Christians look at their marriage as their first mission field, you know, I'm not blaming missionaries. I thank God I go for mission, mission trips too. I've been to a lot of countries, you know, for mission trips. So I'm not saying don't go for mission trips. Mission field should be your family, your spouse, your children, those people God has put around you. That should be your Jewish seller. But a lot of people don't understand that. If they really look at their marriage, as an assignment from God, because God has seen the deficiencies in your spouse, and he has equipped you to help him or her overcome these decisions. But, you know, sometimes we are weary. Why should I be the only person doing this? Why should I be the only person doing that? That's exactly why God put you there, to help him or her overcome those deficiencies. Because God has seen your strength. And God has seen your own weaknesses too. So he's going to send you a man or a woman that can help you overcome your own deficiencies too. If only people understand this biblical view of marriage, you know, most of the challenges in marriage will be easy to overcome. But unfortunately, we, are only, we only think about ourselves or think if we get married, all our problems will be over. No. Marriage doesn't, right. this is an assignment. This is a mission God has given you, and you need to depend on God to help you to carry out this mission. I think a lot of people think that, too, that, oh, all my problems are going to go away. <laughs> and then that's just not yes. it. <laughs> no, not it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. All right. And thank you for, for that answer. My Lord, we help all of us in Jesus' name. The next question I have is, how can this book help reshape and redefine a Christian marriage? Okay, that's another excellent question. See, I believe that really help people understand and embrace this divine assignment I talked about previously. You know, and start seeing the from a different perspective. You know, knowing that this is um, this is assignment from God, and whatever you're doing, you're doing it for your heavenly Father. You're doing it because your heavenly Father has sent you to do them. You know, if you look at your marriage this way, you will keep doing what you're doing. You keep loving your spouse, having your spouse, praying for your spouse, irrespective of whether they are doing the same for you or not. You see, a lot of people think marriage is 50-50. 
if you do this, then I will do that. If you don't do that, then I will do that. I won't do this. It doesn't work like that. You have to give your entire self to that person because God, God expects you to do that. God expects you to reach that destiny. He will help that person reach their destiny. So if you understand also, this book will also help you understand why you're facing the challenges you're facing in marriage. It will help you know whom your real enemy is. Your enemy is not your spouse. Because I've never seen anybody marry their enemy anyway. So a lot of people come and tell you that your spouse you now, he doesn't like you, and you agree. No, that is not true. Your mother-in-law is not your enemy. Yeah. Your spouse's friends are not your enemy. You should know who your enemy is. That is the devil. So you can fight your battle right. This book will help you know who your real enemy is. That's good. That's a, something that my wife and I have talked about many times, who our common enemy is. You know, it's not each other. She's not my enemy. I'm not her enemy. Like exactly like you're saying, the enemy is the devil and he comes to kill, steal and destroy and try to distract us, try to take away our joy, our purpose, our hope, all of these things. That's true. I think that's that's very true. And from the non-Christian perspective, how can this bring people to Christ in their marriage if they aren't foundationally Christian? Okay. Yeah, for a non-Christian. Well, I want to let you know that whether you're a Christian or not, the challenges you face in marriage are basically the same because Satan doesn't want you to be together. Because he realizes what you can do when you get together, when you're in unity with your spouse. In fact, marriage is supposed to make you become a better person, achieve more. And the Lord said when you come in unity, the Lord commands his blessings over you. So Satan knows all this and doesn't want it. So that's why he's going to put challenges in your marriage. You have the advantage of the Holy Spirit in you. You have the advantage of listening to the Holy Spirit and the advantage of going to God and asking God the best way to solve this. As a non-Christian doesn't have that advantage. So if you are not believer today, I'm not talking about going to church. I mean, if you haven't committed your life to the Lord as your Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity today. You can kneel down where you are and ask God to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive you all your sins and be determined to seek Him, be determined to serve Him. He will come into your life and will help you. Because it becomes more difficult when you don't have Christ, when you don't know the Lord, when you have nobody to turn to. But that's why it's very, very important to become a Christian so you, you can have that advantage. But unfortunately, many Christians don't even listen when the Holy Spirit speaks to them. They will show it up. I pray the Lord will help us to listen to the Holy Spirit and study the word of God, and see what God says about marriage. This book will really open your eyes to all these things and help you overcome the challenges in your marriage. In over the 38 years in your marriage, what have you experienced as the biggest marital threats, or also from researching to write this book? 
What are the biggest things that the enemy tries to use to divide the marriage? Okay, good. Um, it's good to know these things too, so we can prevent it. So, so we can prevent yeah. this cold and also know what to do when they come. It's a long list. That means marriage is a school where nobody graduates. Everybody is a student. Even those of us that have been married for years, we've been married for years, but we are still learning new things every day. So that's why the Bible says, let so anybody that thinks he stands, let him take heed, lest he falls. Because nobody knows it all. So we have to form the habit of, you know, not doing our marriage every day, you know, learning more every day. Now, so it's a very long list, so we're not going to go through all of them, but I will mention the important things. One of the greatest threats in marriage is unforgiveness. You, you have to learn to forgive with or without remorse. You know, some people say we'll forgive only when they apologize. Sometimes you don't get that apology from your spouse. What do you, what do, you do? You carry bitterness, and then that will defy you as a Christian. See, when you don't forgive, you're also affecting yourself, not just spiritually, but medically too. Because your body using a lot of chemicals that can really affect your health negatively. Many people don't know that. Now, another thing you need to avoid is selfishness. Marriage is all about sacrifice. You have to be ready to give. The Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. But some people come into marriage, they are thinking it's about themselves. No, you have to think about your spouse. You have to have his interest or her interest at heart if you want to have a good marriage. Another thing is lack of unconditional love. I've mentioned that before. You don't just love because they did this or did that. Just like Christ loved us. Even while we were yet sinners, he came and died for us. That's the kind of love you should have in your marriage. God already told us that in Ephesians 5, 20, uh, verse 21 to 26. It says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And also he says, a wife submit unto your husband as unto the Lord. So the kind of relationship the Lord wants us to have with our spouse should be the type he has for us. But a lot of us don't understand that. We want to do 50-50. We only love when they love us. But no, it's the kind of love God has for his children. That's what we should understand. The another thing is lack of respect. In marriage, we should respect each other, especially for the men. Let me tell you, my sisters, if you don't respect your husband, it will be difficult for him to love you. That's why that same Ephesians says, um, in the last uh, verse of that Ephesians 5, he said that a woman, why should see, they respect their husband. You see, it's very important. Respect. Is very important, especially for men. So you need to respect each other. Another important point is that you need to learn to resolve your conflict. Unresolved conflict can cause problems. Lack of romance can cause problems. Lack of emotional support, mental support also causes problems. Another big one I want everybody to listen to is you need to focus on the positive and the strength. 
in your spouse more than you focus on the weaknesses. You see, in our lives today, the devil will come and blind you to all the good aspects and all the good things about your spouse and will only reveal, you know, the weaknesses. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the So even though nobody is perfect, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. But you should remember the strength because the strength your spouse has are your weaknesses and vice versa. So that's why you're supposed to be mm -hmm. there for each other. So you need to focus on his strength and then pray for him or her and allow God to change them. Nobody can change anybody. You know, some of us come in thinking, wasting our time trying to change our spouses. It's only the Holy Spirit that changes people. So my, my brethren, if only we will allow the Holy Spirit to come into our family, things will be easier for us. I really like what you said, love your spouse like Christ loves the church. That's my favorite one. I talk to my wife about that a lot. That That's always been something that we've talked about and tried to keep the center is to love each other with that sacrificial love like Christ has for his that's, church and for his people. Yeah, that's, that's really true. If we're able to have that unconditional love, uh, everything, every other thing will fall in place. Because if you have love, you automatically respect your spouse. You know, if you have love, you will automatically forgive and be patient with them. Every other thing will come into your spouse. I strongly agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. I can look at my own life and see how Christ has loved me with, in all circumstances. He's loved me. I made a mistake. He loves me. I said something stupid. He loves me, you know, all these things. And I can look back in my own life and compare it to my spouse. And I can say, hey, I love you too because of this or that. And even my own, when I make mistakes, she loves me the same way. It's, it's amazing. I love That's what you're true. saying. That's very true. And remember that, you know, and have that in mind all the time. We will not go wrong. That's a very important point. If you had to give our listeners one biggest advantage that we can have for a strong, healthy, and bulletproof marriage, what would you say that that would be? Well, we've talked about love. You see, if you have this kind of love, you know, you'll be able to, nobody will remind you to pray for your spouse daily, you know? And you, nobody will remind you to pray that you'll be the best spouse the best spouse you can ever be. You know, you can't depend on the blessings of yesterday. It has to be a daily thing. So if you have love, you'll be, you will forgive easily. If you have love, you'll be able to communicate. Good communication is very important in marriage. A lot of us don't know how to talk to each other. But if we ask how to teach us, you see, two people can say the same thing and get different response. Because of the way they put it, we all need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to talk to each other in a way that the person you're talking to will not feel being attacked. So communication, good communication is very, very important. And of course, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, like, every, uh, let every word that comes out of your mouth be a defiant to the hearer. So anything you want to say and you ask yourself, is this going to edify the hearer? If the answer is no, just don't say it. 
So good communication, respect. We've talked about it earlier. Let me add something about respecting each other. Like I said, this is very important to men, particularly. You know, sometimes some women are prone to treating their spouses as they treat their child. No, your spouse doesn't need another mother. You know, he wants to lead, and God has given him that responsibility to be the leader of the home. You cannot take that away from him. So allow him to lead. And remember, too, that he is not perfect, so he may make mistakes. So the only time you, you refuse to allow him is when he makes any decision that goes across your relationship with the Lord. So that one is a no-no, and that's when you say no. Because for every other thing, you need to allow him to lead. And you can make your suggestion and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. This is how I want it, but if this is how you want it, I will support you and go with you. See, it takes the Holy Spirit to do that. It's not easy to do, especially when it's glaring there. <laughs> that, that, you know, your suggestion should be the best. But your spouse is not seeing it. So that's why for a woman to submit, you really need the Holy Spirit. And God can help you. So you can respect him. So you can honor him. See, when you honor your spouse as a making your king, as a king, you become a queen. If you don't respect him, it will be difficult for him to love you. Another thing is you have to humble yourself. Humility is very important in marriage. You have to humble yourself. You see, if you want to enjoy your marriage, or even if you're having difficulty in your marriage right now, God has promised to heal you. The Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name to humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will heal your land. God can heal your land if you're humble. So a lot of people are not ready to humble themselves. Admit your fault. You know, the reason why you, you do not admit your fault is because you are proud. So you need to un admit your fault, humble yourself, recognize when you do something wrong, and apologize. Remember, the stronger person apologizes first, and the stronger person takes the first step to make peace in the home. So you need to remember that it can either be you or it can be your spouse. So whoever God uses to make peace in the home, God will surely honor. So you need to also learn to invest in your marriage. Like I said previously, marriage is 100%. Sacrificial selflessness, that's what it needs. And then you need to nurture your marriage. Just like you put gas in your car, you know, you send your car for servicing. When you make garden, you weed your garden, you water your garden. It's the same thing in marriage. A lot of people think they just marry and leave everything. No, you have to invest in your marriage. Spiritually, financially, emotionally, mentally, spend quality time domestically. And we encourage the men to help with housework. We encourage the men to make sure there is food in the house. You know, a lot of things to meet your spouse's needs if you really 
have this unconditional love, these other things follow you know, naturally. Also, you need to learn to resolve your conflict at an earlier stage. Don't wait until everything has escalated. Then it becomes more difficult to handle. So there are some conflicts that can be ignored. Learn to ignore some conflict. It's not everything you argue about. Proverbs 19.11 tells us that. He says, a man's insight gives him patience. It is also to one's glory to overlook offense. Proverbs 19.11. So God expects us to overlook some offense. But if it's eating you up and you've lost your joy, it's keeping you miserable, you better resolve it. Find the time and discuss it. Find the time and, you know, politely talk to your spouse and let them know how, you know, hot you've been instead of carrying it in your heart. Because sometimes we say, oh, we forgive them. That's okay. And yet we are angry. We are bitter. If you don't deal with it, it may lead to head to it. And then that's why a lot of marriages are being destroyed today. Because by the time it comes out, it's too late to handle things must have you know, happened that could have been prevented. So my brothers and sisters, these are the things that, like I said, that are a lot more that we can't get to all of them now. I don't know how much time we have in this um, mm -hmm. interview. <laughs> there are a lot of other things. Yeah, that was amazing. That if you, if you can learn all these changes, if you can learn these things, it will help you a lot. Because God really wants you to enjoy your marriage. But unfortunately, many people are there enduring their marriage. Many are crying every day. This is something God has in mind to bless you. You know, you should do better in life when you're married. Why people should achieve more? Because now you have somebody you can work with. Your life should be a lot more exciting after you get married. Unfortunately, many people are just enduring their marriage. This is not how it should be. So I pray today that God will open your eyes. I will encourage you to get this book. God will use it to open your eyes to a lot of things. Because it's my sincere desire that you start from today to enjoy your marriage. And God will bless you more and more. Yeah. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. I'm glad to be part of it. I just want to let our listeners know that this book, The Plan of God for Your Marriage, is available on Amazon. You guys can check that out. I'm going to put the links below for you to click on that. And or is, is there another place that our listeners can find you? Do you have another social media page or a website? Yes, they can also get it through our website. Um, he carried it's um www.hecaretministry.org www.hecaretministry.org If you go there, you'll see the book there and you click on it and it will take you to the site where you can get it. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, I'll put that link below. Of course, you can call the ministry at 225-715-7354. And we'll be able to order it for you too.
but it's better to get it from the internet and it's faster. And also, it has um, other versions. We have the Kindle edition, and by the end of the month, we'll have the audio book. So whichever one you prefer, I'll encourage you to get today and start working on your marriage so you start enjoying your relationship. Amen. Enjoy that marriage. It's a gift Amen. from God. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, sure. I would really appreciate it. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray for the listening audience today. Lord, I, you know, I don't know what's going on in their marriage. But you know. Father, I pray that every man, every woman, every child listening to me today, that you bless them, that you meet their needs, Father. That you open their eyes, Lord, to see why they are having the challenges. That you give them the strength and endow them with your Holy Spirit to enable them overcome the challenges. That they will start today to enjoy their marriage. Because this is your intention. This is your plan for the life of everybody. Father, Lord, we come against the enemy. We rebuke him from attacking marriages. We rebuke him. We put him from every marriage. And we release the Holy Spirit that the Lord will be the Lord in every family so they can start enjoying each other from today. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.